you say amen one more time. That's a, I love that song. I like songs that say something, don't you? I mean, I like to sing, don't get me wrong, and I'll, I'll sing about anything. I'll sing the old gray mare sometimes if I want to, but, but I like to sing songs that, that glorify and exalt my Savior. You know why I like that? Because he is worthy of it, every bit of it. If you have your Bibles this morning, um, turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start our reading in verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 17. When you find Ephesians 4, 17, if you'll stand to honor the reading of God's word. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 says this. He says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over into lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and God, I just want to say thank you for being here this morning. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you've come and and showed up among us this morning, and God, we just welcome you and And Lord, just ask that you would continue to move in the message this morning. God, I just pray that you would use me as your vessel, Lord, as unworthy as I am. And Lord, that you would help me to convey the message, God, that you have given me to preach. Lord, I just pray that folks would be touched, Lord, and and that lives would be changed this morning. Because God, if everybody leaves this building just like we came in, then Lord, we may have failed. Lord, I just pray that you would touch May God use me as your vessel, give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'll tell you something funny that happened to me a while back. or It wasn't funny at the time, but in hindsight it was pretty funny. You ever have those situations in life where you laugh at it, but when you're in the middle of it, it's really embarrassing? Yeah, George, his eyes got real big, so he's thinking of something right now. It probably happened when he said something wrong to Holly. But anyways, a a few months ago, and I know this is going to be hard for y'all to believe, I went to go get a gym membership. Go ahead, go ahead and laugh. I know y'all want to laugh, right? And uh, I I went to the gym, and I walked in there, and uh, I sat down at the desk, and I told the guy who I was, you know, and, and, and we filled out all the paperwork, and I signed everything. And I got right to the end, and, and the, everybody at the gym's favorite part is when they say, all right, now you've got to pay for this. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm ready to pay for this. So I reached, got my wallet out, got my debit card out. Y'all, everybody in here uses debit cards now, right? And they're, they're trying to 
point us towards that, I guess. But I got my debit card out, and he said, you can set this up where you just swipe it one time, and every month it'll take the money out of your bank account, and you can move on with your life. And I thought, well, I like that kind of thing, because the less I got to think about, the better. So I got my debit card out, and, and I swapped it. And uh, the computer, you know, it, it started cranking, and the fans turned on and everything, and the satellites lined up, and all of a sudden the screen popped up and said, declined. Declined? And so uh, uh, something's wrong here. So I got the card back out and swapped it again, and, and this time I prayed. I thought, oh, what are we going to do? Declined. Oh, okay, so... I'm embarrassed at this point, right? I mean, anytime if your car gets declined, you're thinking, oh, this guy's going to think I'm broke. What am I doing? And so uh, being, being a, the good person I was, I grabbed another card out, and I thought, well, this one will work. And I swapped it, and sure enough, it went through. So as soon as that happened, of course, the first thing I do is, is I go out and I call Lacey. I said, Lacey, my car just got declined. And she said, what card? And I said, my debit card, my bank card. I said, somebody's, maybe they've cleaned our bank account out or something. I don't know, but my card got declined. I know there's money in there. What in the world has happened? And she said, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you that your debit card just expired and there's a new one sitting on the counter at home waiting for you to activate. You remember that? You don't remember that? Well, that happened. It, I know it did. And so... Here I am humiliated, you know, walking out of this gym and, and call her. And you know, all that I had to do was renew that card. It had just run out. And, and, and I mean, that happens to everybody, right? I don't pay attention to those dates, do you? I mean, you just expect it to work. And sure enough, when I looked at my card, it had run out. And, and so I'm sitting here with a useless card. But the good thing about it is all I had to do was just go, go activate the new one. And guess what? Suddenly, here I am, I can spend again. Praise the Lord for that, right? And so the Apostle Paul, he uses this word that I just used. That card had to be renewed. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, Paul says this, writing to the Ephesians. He's in prison, by the way. And I'm going to read verse, verses 23, 20, uh, 22, 23, and 24 again. And he says that you put off concerning the former conversation. And then he says this, he says, the old man. He says, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And then he goes on and he says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So he gives us this thought and he gives us this word renewed. And I looked up the word renewed and, and I thought, you know, I, everybody knows what it means, but it means to begin or take up again. And I like this definition. This is, this is what it really means and it carries away. It says to make effective for an additional period. I like that, don't you? That that card, it had the same number on it, but it was, it was not effective anymore. It would not do what I had wanted it to do, which was just to be swiped and, and charge me 20 bucks a month. And so what I had to do was when I renewed it, guess what happened? It was made effective for an additional period. So Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, again, he's writing from prison. And he writes this, this letter to the church. And he's, he's talking to the church and he tells them, he's talking to saved people. And I won't read the context, but I'll just tell you that he's talking to the church. He talks about in, in past times and, and in times before. And that before that he's talking about is before you got saved. 
And then when you got saved, something happened to you. You were filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? That when Jesus came into your heart, when you... When you ask him to forgive you, forgive you of your sins, then the Holy Spirit came and he took up residence within you. And, and good things happen and, and, and it seems like things go well for a while, but then something happens. And I've seen this as a, lot, a lot as a pastor and I grew up in church so I, I've watched people pretty much all my life and I see people that come to know the Lord and, and they, get, they get excited and then they just kind of taper off. And then you never see them again sometimes. You ever seen that, Brother Albert? <laughs> How many people you seen go through here like that? Probably a thousand, right? And what happens is that sometimes we get caught up in other things. And so just really quickly, I'm going to give you three things, and then I'll give you three additional things. And I'm trying to go as fast as I can this morning because Charlie's got me on a stopwatch. But in Psalms chapter 51... David has just sinned with Bathsheba. Everybody knows that story, right? Just to make it quick, that David was out on a rooftop one night and he saw Bathsheba bathing herself and he lusted after her and he sinned and he took her and he actually had her husband killed and he committed all these sins and he committed the cover-ups and then God made him pay for it. God took that child away from him. And then David, after he had all that happen, he wrote this down in Psalm chapter 51, verse 10. David said, create in me a clean heart, O God. He says, and renew a right spirit within me. That when David had committed that sin, and when sin came into his life, that that, that basically just, just, just messed everything up within him. That he was, now David was a man after God's own heart. He was the chosen king of Israel. We know that, that God chose him. God handpicked this man, David. It wasn't that they just voted him in by popular vote. I mean, God had literally picked this man, but yet he was still subject to sin. And let me tell you, no matter how holy you think you are, how great you think you're doing, you can still sin. Did you know that? And sin can come into your life. And, and just as David did, I'm sure that when he woke up that morning, he didn't say, you know what? I'm going to commit adultery and I'm going to have a guy murdered. You think he woke up and said that? Probably not. But that's what happened. And so when that happened, it fractured his relationship with God. And when it, when it fractured that relationship, then David could no longer commune with God as he wanted to. And I'll tell you this, that God will not bless sin. Can you say amen? amen. And you think, well, how is that possible? All these people that, that are sinners have, have all this money. I'll tell you what, that's probably not God's blessing because God blesses in so many other ways. That you can't have that right relationship with God. You can't have that peace and that joy and all the other fruits of the Spirit in your life unless it is right between you and God. And so a lot of times the first thing that people need to renew, and I'm talking to save people here, the first thing that, that we have to do is we have to renew our spirit. Nobody likes to admit when they're wrong. I know that. I understand that. It's pride, though. Nobody likes to say that. You know there's been times in your life when you have been dead wrong. And most of the time it's when you're talking to your wife, man. Amen? And you know you're wrong. 
But in the back of your mind, you're trying to come up with every excuse and every justification that you can. Any of you guys ever done that? <laughs> Y'all are just going to leave me hanging. I see what you're doing. Cecil won't admit that he's wrong, but I know you have been wrong. Just told me, brother. And nobody likes to admit that. And, and, and just to take that a step further, is nobody really likes to admit when they've sinned. I'm sure that David did not enjoy the fact that when Nathan the prophet showed up and, and told him about his sin, I'm sure he wasn't ready to volunteer and say, hey, that was me. That, that, I did that. Hey, uh, you know, that was my sin. Nobody wants to just be proud of their sin and say, hey, that's me. But yet, did you know that you have to admit your sin? That you have to ask God to forgive you. And the beautiful thing about it is, is that, that God has already paid for that sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross for that sin as well as every other sin that you've ever committed. And it's there and it's ready to go and that forgiveness and that mercy and that grace that I talked about last week, it's all in place and all that you have to do is just ask God and He will do it. And that's all that David had to do. David just had to get humble. He had to get down and he had to tell God because, and God already knew that he sinned. God was there when he sinned. But yet he had to admit that. He had to get that off of his chest, if you will, and say, God, I have sinned. And then I like what he says in verse 10. He says, create in me a clean heart. But then he goes on and he says, renew in me a right spirit. His spirit was wrong. His spirit, he, he had the wrong thing going on on the inside. Did you know that there's so many different spirits that you can get in you? David, David had, I mean, there's a Holy Spirit and, and there's evil spirits, but I, I think sometimes those evil spirits, they have names. You could say, well, I had the spirit of lust in me, or I had the spirit of murder in me, or I had the spirit of lying in me, or whatever it may be. Whatever that sin is, that's a spirit that can come in and actually take up residence in you. Did you know that? Can you say amen? Are you with me this morning? And David says, he says, renew a right spirit in me. A spirit that's willing and ready to serve God. But he said he had to ask God to do that. And I want to say this before I go any further. That any time that you need renewal, it has to come through God. It can't come through you. You can't do anything to, to, to get that renewal except to go to God. You know, and he says that word renewal is make effective for an additional period. And David was made effective for an additional period. And, and he was able to go back to the throne and, and to serve God. And God did that because God is faithful. God will renew in you a right spirit if you ask him. I look at the condition of our nation and it's bad. But the thing is, I look at the condition of a lot of churches and that's bad too. Right? Why? Why is that? I think it's because a lot of folks have a wrong spirit in them. Could you say amen? <laughs> Some of you saying, oh me. Well, I didn't come to hear this today. That's the Bible, folks. 
We have a wrong spirit sometimes. We, we get that wrong spirit in us and then what it does is it actually it'll take over our life and it'll take over our actions. And before you know it, we're actually living more towards that spirit than we are living for God. And you know what happens when you get that spirit in you? You are rendered ineffective. If you, have a, if you have a bad spirit in you, maybe a spirit of sin or whatever it may be, and you try to go and do something good for God, I believe it will not be as effective as, as if you had a right spirit within you. If the right spirit is there, you will be effective. And if there's ever a time that the church and Christians need to be effective, it's right now. I mean, we need to be effective because, because the fields are wide and ready to reap is what, is what John chapter 4 says. Folks, we need a right spirit within us. And sometimes all it takes to get that right spirit is to just swallow your pride, just, just, just take your pride and set it aside and just get down and get humble and ask God to forgive you for that. You know, it, it's just, I would like you sometime to do this, and this is really hard to do, and you probably need to take a couple of hours to do it is sit down and open your Bible to Psalm 51 and start writing your sins down. And before you know it, you're going to have to ask God, God created me a clean heart. God put, it, put the right spirit back in me. We need to realize that sometimes our spirit is not where it needs to be. And then we move on very quickly, and I'm going as fast as I can to the book of Isaiah. And this is a very familiar verse. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, some of you can probably quote this. It says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And I would like to say that I'm always on the back half of that verse. That I'm always running and I'm not getting weary. That I'm always walking and not fainting. That I'm always riding those eagle's wings and just having a great time. But I would be lying to you if I told you that. Because sometimes my strength is taken away from me. You know, I, I read a statistic that, that it's something like 1,500 people get out of the ministry every year. People that, that say that God called them to preach. People that may, may or may not be ordained. That, that doesn't really matter if God called you to preach. Whether you're ordained or not, you're going to preach. Amen? And it seems like that they're just, they're, just, they're just dropping like flies. And I've seen it personally. I've seen guys that have come forward and say, Hey, God called me to preach. Or, or people, not necessarily even preachers, but people say that God has called me to do this. Or God has called me to this field or that field or whatever it may be. And, and they'll do it for a little while. And then again, like I said, they just kind of taper out. Why is that? I think it's because they lose their strength. They just get tired. I mean, you know how it is when, when, when you work all day yesterday. I'll tell you what I did for most of the day. I built fence. And how many of you enjoy that? Do you just Cecil? You're you're so weird, brother. You won't you won't admit that you're wrong, but yet you like building fence. I think he needs to repent, don't you? I built fence yesterday and and at the end of the day, you know what I was looking forward to? My recliner. You know where I ended up? In the floor next to Shaylee's bed asleep while she took a nap. <laughs> and it was a good substitution. But anyways, I was just wore out. 
Because I had put out everything that I had, and yet I hadn't had any rest. I, I was trying to drink fluids, but I just, I just kind of got wore out. And when you get to that point as a Christian, and you get to that point spiritually, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Because when you get to that point and you get tired and you get wore out, then and you know when, when, when you're wore out, you'll do things that you normally wouldn't do. And you'll you'll say things you normally wouldn't say just to kind of just to kind of move on with life. And when we get tired spiritually, we're ready to give up and we're ready to sit down. But the thing about it is, God says that we can't do that. We don't have time to sit down. Did you know that? There are people going to hell right now. We can't sit down. We can't just go to the house and, and, and just say, you know what, I'm going to take a break from being a Christian right now. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on a shelf and when I get ready and, and, and I'm in, a, in the right place and I'm going to come get you off that shelf and I'm going to start doing your will again and, and living like I'm supposed to. Nope, can't do it. Cannot do that. I understand that it's hard. I get it. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote this about renewal right here, he was sitting in prison. He was sitting in a Roman prison. He had been beaten. He had been just preaching his heart out. And not a lot of people were listening. Some were. But yet, you know what? He said, there's no time to quit. And so if you need that, that strength and that renewal in you, then you're going to have to go to the Lord. It says, let's go back to the first half of that verse. It says, but they that wait upon the Lord. Not what they that wait upon the preacher to preach the right sermon. Not they that wait upon the Brother Cecil to sing the right song. Not they that, that hope to find the, the right page in their devotion. But it's they that wait upon the Lord. And when the Lord comes and when you ask God to renew your strength, He will renew your strength. He, he absolutely will. Why? Because again, He is faithful to do that. God is so faithful. And yet we don't ask Him. I know folks are tired. Spiritually, I know people get tired. I get tired spiritually. I, I, and I mean, I just, I'm constantly thinking about the church and constantly, I mean, last night I could not go to sleep and, and I'm not trying to brag or complain. This is just, I'm just giving you my heart right now that I couldn't go to sleep last night. Why? Because I was thinking about some of you, some of you folks. And I was thinking about problems that you're dealing with and things that you're going through and just and people that were lost and all that was going through my mind. And I, I was trying to think on my sermon and, and I couldn't go to sleep. And, and today I, I'm tired. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little tired. But I can't sit down. I can't just say, hey, because I stayed up late last night and because I was, I'm tired this morning, I, I'm just going to skip preaching. No, the word has got to go out. The word has got to be proclaimed. And the reason I can even stand here this morning is not because of my physical strength. Right now I feel, feel better than I did have all morning. I feel good. And why? It's because God is moving upon me right now. And, and He will give me strength. He will give you strength if you'll just simply ask for it. What's the Bible say? Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be opened. It's that simple. Just ask God to give you strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So we've talked about, first of all, we talked about a right spirit. We've talked about your strength. But then the Apostle Paul wrote something else. 
And he wrote this in two places. I read one of them, Ephesians chapter 4. But then Romans chapter 12, he wrote this. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves or present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We've talked about your spirit. We've talked about your body even. But now let's talk about your mind. We don't like to talk about the mind. Why? Because the mind is a dangerous and a scary thing. You live inside your mind. You know what's going on in there. I don't know what's going on in your mind, and I'm glad. Right? I don't want to know what's going on in in your mind because it might be something I don't want to know about. But see, the thing about it is that the Apostle Paul chose two different times in the Scripture to address your mind and how that your mind needs to be renewed. See, last night, as I was telling you, last night I'm, I'm physically tired because of that. But see, those things that were on my mind, they were good things. They were the right things. I was thinking about good things. But a lot of times... We're thinking about so much other stuff that we cannot dwell on and cannot focus on the right things. When we get saved, you know what Jesus said? He says that you have to take up your cross and you have to follow him, right? He said that. He said that that you've just got to deny everything else, that you've actually got to deny yourself and that you have to take up your cross, he says, and follow me. And the thing about following him is that when you're following him, you have to be watching where he's going, right? Anybody, you you follow people, you know, you don't know where you're going and you have to follow somebody in a car. I hate doing that, don't you? I mean, when I get in a car and I'm going to go somewhere, I want to know where I'm going. I don't want to have to depend on somebody else. And the reason is, is because if I'm not paying attention and I'm not focused on them and they take a turn and I don't notice, I'm going to get lost, And so in order to follow him, you have to be focused upon him. Our focus has to be on Jesus at all times. And if our focus is on him, guess what? That means our mind is on him. Amen? He's talking about being transformed in in Romans chapter 12. That word transform, it literally means to take something that's not usable and something that you can't do anything with and change it completely to something else that is usable. That's what transformed means. He says that we're transformed. In Ephesians chapter 4, he talks about that old man. How many of you remember what you were like before you got saved? I remember that. I remember the thoughts that that I had on my mind and I remember the things I was thinking about and I got saved at a fairly young age but you know what? My mind was still not where it needed to be. But when I got saved, God changed my mind and God changed my heart and he made me to focus upon him. And for a while we'll focus on him. And it's so easy to think about God while you're here at church, right? But it's sad to say that some of you aren't even doing that right now. You're thinking about other things. 
You're thinking about your job. You're thinking about maybe, maybe you want to go home and mow the yard this evening. I don't know what you've got going on, but your, your, your mind is in other places. You know how to change that? To ask God to renew your mind. To make your mind usable again. And you've got to do that. And the only way you're going to do that is to focus on Him. If you put your focus on Him and you ask Him to renew your mind, He's ready to do that. God wants every part of you. Did you know that? He wants your spirit. He wants your body. He wants your physical body. He wants you to be doing stuff for Him physically. But He wants your mind as well. And see, our minds, are, they're, they're tainted with sin and, and sinful thoughts sometimes. And, and we're, we're predisposed and we're born with, to think these bad thoughts and all this other stuff. But God is willing to renew your mind. God is willing to take those things. And, and I think of it sort of as moving out. You know, I, I love to go in a house that doesn't have anything in it. I really do. You like going in houses where the real estate agents are showing it. And you know what those houses lack? They lack clutter. You know, you go in there and it's just so refreshing, isn't it? And I think a lot of us, our minds are just cluttered up. They've just got, they've got things. We've got things in our mind and on our mind from 1970. Because I know some of y'all got some stuff in your house from 1970, amen? <laughs> 1980. And things that you don't need that, that, that really have no place being there, but you just hold on to them just in case, right? And our minds, we do that too. We hold on to things. And we keep things in our mind and on our mind that have no place in our mind. And they shouldn't be there. And we just need to get rid of them. We just need to throw them out. We need to ask God to help us remove those things from our mind. And that will be a renewed mind. It will be made useful again. But it all starts with you asking. If you want those things, and I believe people do want those things. I believe people want to be useful for God. At least you should want to be useful for God. And all you've got to do is just ask. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll renew in you a right spirit. He'll renew your strength. He'll renew your mind. He'll make everything usable again. It's, it's just sort of like re-upping. Sometimes you've got to do that. Sometimes you've just got to be honest and say, God, there's some things in my life that I don't want there, but they're there. God, help me to have a renewed mind. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, and we thank you for your wonderful word. And God, I just pray that, that this morning as you search people's hearts, God, and that you, you deal with people, Lord, that you would show them things. God, that maybe you've already identified things in people's lives that have no place there in the life of a Christian. God, I just pray that you would identify sins this morning. God, I just pray that you would help identify people that, that are tired and show them that they're just weary and that they just need to ask you for strength. And God, I just pray that you would just, just declutter people's minds so that we can focus on you. And Lord, that we can, can, can solely serve you and nothing else in this world. God, I just pray that you would touch people. And Lord, that people would move this morning. God, that people would be honest with themselves. But most of all, God, that they would be honest with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.